0: Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Obviously, our series is Shifting the Now, and the first thing I did, of course, was, you know, research. What does shift mean? Shifting, shifting, shift, shifting. And the definition, of course, this is super cliche, you know, just look at the definition. It basically means changing especially unpredictably. Changing especially unpredictably changing position or direction well as I was thinking of shifting the now the Holy Spirit led me to the scripture and a specific story that I'm going to you know speak from teach from talk about and really allow God to use his Holy Spirit to speak to you all through and this is the story of Jacob how many of y'all know Jacob 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 in the scripture in the Genesis let's open our Bible To Genesis 27, Genesis 27, and we're going to read from 5 to 7. Genesis 27, and we're going to read from 5 to 7. I'm going to give you some context of where we are in the scripture right now. You see, Jacob has a brother called Esau, and in the womb, Jacob and Esau were already going to war. Were already beefing in their mother's womb. God already had declared that there were two nations that would be against each other before they even came out. So what ends up happening is at some point, Jacob, who is the younger brother, basically ends up convincing his older brother, because customary, there's a birthright to the firstborn. He convinces, you know, his brother to give him the birthright, the firstborn birthright, you know, through some tasty food. I don't know what kind of food it was, but it must have been tasty because Esau ended up giving Jacob the birthright. So we go into scripture and we go further on in time. And in chapter 27, there's a situation that's about to happen. You see, Jacob's mother overhears the father, Isaac, because Abraham, that's, that's Isaac's father. So Jacob is Isaac's son. And the mother hears Isaac saying to Esau, the firstborn, hey, go and kill some animals. I want to bless you today. Customary for the firstborns, and people still do it today. They usually bless the firstborn. Usually when the father is about to go to God, about to pass away, they bless the firstborn. So what happens is, because this family is very toxic, guys, very, very all over the place. So Jacob's mother, Rebecca, calls him to the side and says, hey, I just heard your father say that he wants Esau to go and kill an animal because he wants to give him the blessing. You know what? I want you to get the blessing. So here's what we're going to do. And she devises this plan, and this is where we find ourselves in Genesis 27, verse 5. It says this. While Isaac was talking to Esau, Rebekah was listening when Esau went out to hunt. She said to Jacob, I've just heard your father say to Esau, bring me an animal and cook it for me. After I have eaten it, I will give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. So from this point on, Rebecca helps Jacob maneuver a tactic to deceive their father at this time who was blind. So he couldn't see. He only had his his touch to really be able to know if Esau, who was Esau and who was Jacob. And Esau was a very hairy guy, very manly, very nature. So, you know, he could obviously know that. There's a distinction. While Jacob was more so of a pretty boy. So, you know, soft skin, fine boy, no pimples, you know. So he would know the difference just by touching. So what happens is the mother disguises the way that okay, put some animal hair on your on your on your skin, smell like this, smell like that, so that when the father touches to see who 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 who, who, son, like who the son is, he will think it's Esau. So what ends up happening is Jacob goes to his father as Esau, and he basically steals the blessing. He steals the blessing. Esau comes back after killing his own animal. I'm about to get the blessing. I'm about to get the blessing. And realizes his father's like, oh, Esau, I thought it was you. I've already given out the blessing to your son, to to, to, to your brother. And at that point, what happens is Esau's angry. Esau's very, very angry. He's like, you know what? Man, he already took my birthright, and now he's taking my blessing. Why am I telling you this? Because... Today's message is going to be attacking a lot of periods in your lives. When I say a lot of periods, we're going to be focusing on the past, the present, and the now. So, in this specific scripture, because we're going to start with the past, because a lot of us, we got a lot of dirty stuff in our past, right? We don't want to talk about it. So, at this point, in Genesis 27, verse 36, because I'm just framing the story for you guys. Genesis 27, verse 36. It says, Esau said, this is the second time that he cheated me. No wonder his name is Jacob. He took my rights as the firstborn son, and now he has taken away my blessing. Haven't you saved a blessing for me? His father obviously repeats no. Verse 41, he says, it says Esau hated Jacob when his father had given Jacob the blessing. He thought, this time, the time to mourn my father's death is near. Then I will kill Jacob and then verse 46 Rebekah said to Isaac I am sick and tired of Esau's foreign wives if Jacob also marries one of these Hittites I might as well die that last scripture is important because what happens is that Jacob is in this mess and Esau has already done some things that has already gone against the family values he's married some foreign woman so Rebecca the mom obviously she got Jacob in a situation right So she says, I'm going to make an excuse for you. She tells the father, you know what? I don't want Jacob to marry the wives of the foreigners. Go and send Jacob away. Obviously, Jacob has no choice because he's about to be murdered by his brother very soon. And so Jacob flees, not because he wants to, because he has to. He flees because if he stays any longer, realistically speaking, after his father dies, he might end up being murdered. He's in this mess. No one can protect him. So he flees. Why is this important? You see, Jacob is fleeing, and he's okay with fleeing because he knows that he's going to go to his Uncle Laban's house. You see, a lot of us have Uncle Laban's because here's the thing. Whenever, a lot of us have done some wild stuff in the past. Let's be real. A lot of us have had some messy past. A lot of us have had some dysfunctional past. Whether it's you quit that job because it wasn't working out for you. You end that relationship, maybe the person cheated on you. You did some things with money that you weren't supposed to do. A lot of us have some messy past. And what happens is that God allows us to, quote, unquote, escape our past. We progress, and we have no choice. We just realize that, bro, you know what? I'm, I'm going to just get out of here. And so we end up looking forward to what's ahead. And in Jacob's position, he looks forward to what's ahead, and he says to himself, let's be real. I can find a wife. My uncle Laban's there. I can get a fresh start. And he's looking to the future for security. You see, a lot of us, that's what the, the Holy Spirit revealed to us. A lot of us, you see, we look to the future and we we flee from what we had to, had to do. We flee from the dirt that we had to go through. And we look to the future. Maybe it's another job, another relationship. Another hospital that can maybe give us a, a, another uh, 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 um, thing to tell us that, oh, this is not what you're dealing with. We're, we flee from, from the dirt to go forward to the future. And in the future, we see something that's better, maybe security. And for us, we know that the future is going to be okay because, hey, it can't be as bad as the past was. It can't be as bad as that last relationship. So I'm going to just go forward to whatever is next. And... So we leave that past. Now this past is very important because the past always ends up coming back on us, right? All right, we'll get to that. (laughs) So we leave the past. Some of us, we don't have a choice. We have to leave the past. We have to go forward. Some of us, we can't return back to that situation. Some of us, it ended so bad that we don't even want to look back. We're just looking straight forward to the future. And so this future, a lot of times... A lot of us have a backup plan, so we, that's our future. And the future, we never really consult God about it. We don't really consult God about it. We just, we just say that, okay, I know that there must be something better. Like I said, it's probably better than whatever I left anyways. So I can hope in the fact that it can't be as bad as this. And let me tell you something about the future, guys. The future always looks beautiful from the start. Whenever you plan something without God and you jump into it, it always looks beautiful from the start. You see, in the scripture, I love the scripture here because in Genesis 29, 15, we have a situation where Jacob, of course, has now fleed his family, and he's now going to his uncle Laban's house, and his uncle Laban sees him from afar, or actually start from 14, Genesis 29, 14. He says, yes, indeed, you are my own flesh and blood. Jacob stayed there a whole month. So Jacob is going to. Laban's house and Laban sees him from afar and he's like, oh my gosh, my own flesh, my own blood, my bro, my little boy, come on, come on, come on. He's invited. He's accepted by that future that he trusted. And a lot of times when we get into that new thing, the new relationship, the new friendship, the new job, the new major, the new degree, it always seems pretty good. The professors are always on point. The workload is less. <laughs> He, he, knows how to, he knows how to make you feel good. She knows what to say to you. <laughs> it always feels good when you first get to that thing that you hope could be better than what you came from. But that's always how it starts. So it starts beautiful. But then we get to Genesis 29, 15, which is literally one verse down. And it says, Laban said to Jacob, you shouldn't work for me for nothing just because you're my relative. How much pay do you want? He negotiates and he says, you know, your daughter is fine, bro. I key want her. And he says, all right, cool. Work for seven years. That, and, and that's going to be your payment. My daughter, work for seven years. And you see, what we sometimes don't realize about the future when we're in it is that there's some red flags that show up, right? You see? His uncle Laban saw him and was like, oh, my, my own blood. But the next scripture is basically saying that, you know, you can't work for free just because you're my relative. So sometimes in the future, you know, we see some red flags. Maybe he says something that isn't really right, that kind of can come off disrespectful. Or, you know, the workload increases now. Or maybe the new job that is maybe paying you more. Maybe there's a derogatory comment made towards you that doesn't feel, where, feel right. But you know what? It's not that bad because it's not as bad as where I came from. It's not as bad as where I'm coming from. So it's okay if I get a few red flags because it's just not as bad as where I'm going from. <laughs> but you see, what ends up happening is that when we step into futures, step into situations where we don't consult God, we don't ask God for permission, and we just go because we have no choice because of the mess is so bad behind us, it progressively gets worse. Those red flags get bigger and bigger and bigger. And as we read through scripture over and over, what, tends, what ends up happening is that, you know, Laban pulls a fast one on Jacob. Jacob works the seven years, and it's time for him to marry Laban's daughter. And I don't know, you know, how this works, but I, I know that probably there wasn't light back then. So, you know. <laughs> But what happens is that it's time, for, it's, time for, it's time for Jacob to, you know, consummate, you know, have S-C-X, you know, uh, with a daughter. And what happens is there's a switch up. There's a switch up. In the middle of the night, he's planning to have sex with the woman he worked seven years for. But Laban switches the woman. He switches the daughter with his eldest He switches, he, switches, he switches the eldest Leah. So what ends up happening, because obviously there probably wasn't light yet. Sir Isaac Newton and Edson, all those people weren't alive yet. So what happens is that Jacob wakes up, probably feeling like great, you know. Oh, Jesus. Ugh. And he looks to his side. And he's like, you're not Rachel. You're Leah. And I'm sure he probably like runs out with this towel or something like, bro, what? And what happens is Laban makes a stupid excuse. He says, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jacob, but you know, customary to our tradition, it, it doesn't make sense for the younger one to get married before the older one. And, and Jacob, and I'm, in my head, I'm just like, so you couldn't, you couldn't tell me before that? Like... So what happens is that Laban switches up and before you know it, he says to Jacob, but if you work another seven years, I'll give you Rachel for real. And so the longer we stay in a future that is not, that, that is not affirmed by God, it continues to get worse. But here's the thing. We continue to stay in it because we don't want to go back to where we came from. We don't want to go back to the mess. But what we don't realize is that the longer we stay in something that's not God's plan, it gets just as messy. It gets just as messy. But the confidence that we can have is that even in the mess, God is always going to speak. Right? Even if you're the one that put yourself in a situation, God is always going to speak. Even if you're the one that dated him without consulting God if he was the one, God is still going to speak to you. So, Jacob is fed up. Time goes on. He gets even more fed up. And what happens is that We get to Genesis 31. And Genesis 31, verse 2. And at this point, Jacob realizes this. Verse 2, he says, he also saw, it says, And Jacob saw that the countenance of of Laban, and indeed it was not favorable towards him as before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and your family, and I will be with you. So you see? He now realized that this guy, this situation is not as good as I thought it was going to be. This job is not as good as, as what I thought it was going to be. This relationship is not as good as I thought it was going to be. It's not, it's not cool anymore. But the beautiful thing is that the Lord spoke to Jacob and told him, go back. You see, because there's some people that are in this season where you're in the future that you hope would be good. And something's been telling you to leave. Something's been telling you to put, it, put that thing down, that you can, that, move on. It's expired. The time is gone. Come on, go, go, go. But for some reason, you don't want to go back because, you know, if you go back, you might feel embarrassed. You might feel humbled. You don't want to be in that position where you have, have to look, look at those classmates again that you subduces to. You don't want to have to go back to that, 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 those, that friend group that you know, maybe they weren't the best, but they, at least they advised you the right way. Or you don't want to have to go back into that friend group that led you the right way because they knew all the stuff you were doing in the streets. They knew what you was doing. But this is encouragement that listen to the voice. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Or the other way. Maybe you're about to jump into that future thing. Maybe you're about to jump into that situation. And something's not right. But... You don't want to have to be labeled that thing, or in this thing, or in that mess. If you hear something, don't jump into it. Be, don't, don't try and jump into it and then ask God to bless it. Don't jump into it. That's not the focus. Because after the future, when you realize that the future didn't work out, we get to the now. Now we get to the now. Everybody say the now. The now. I'm going to stay here a little bit because the now is very important. Whew, the now is so important. The now can be different places for us, but the now is right now, the presence. You see, Jacob finds himself in a situation where he's now leaving and he realizes that he has to go back to his brother Esau, the brother that. He deceived, he stole his birthright from, and wanted to kill him. And, you know, there's three things that you have to understand about the now. In the now, it's so important because you have to be very prayerful in the now. Like I said, right now we're in the now, aren't we? We're literally in the now. But for the first time in scripture, and I want us to turn to Genesis 20. Genesis 32, 9 to 12. Genesis 32, 9 to 12. You see, Jacob was so frightened about going back to the situation he left. Jacob was so fearful that, oh my gosh, I have to encounter my brother again, that he stopped. And here's the thing, a lot of us are going to be in situations where we have to say no to that thing or we have to stop what we're doing and we're gonna be fearful because we don't know how the future looks like. We don't know. We know people are gonna still call us some labels. They're gonna still label us some things. But the important thing that Jacob did in that moment is that he prayed. Sounds so simple. But you see, sometimes when you get caught up in the future that you thought would work out, because it wasn't affirmed by God, you you tend to like always like you know kind of leave a little bit of room between you and God because you know that it wasn't really God's plan. You just made it God's plan. But there comes a time when you hear the voice and you realize it wasn't working and you now have to actually tell God, okay, we're face to face. What's up? Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. And the scripture, what happens is that Jacob realizes and he says in verse nine, then Jacob said, oh God, my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac. The Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family, and I will deal with you. I am not worthy of the least of the mercies and all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become, become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, before the hand of my brother, the hand of Esau. For I fear, lest he come and attack me and the mother, and my mother, and, and the mother with the children." For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. You see, in those moments, we have to realize that our prayer means submission. Our prayer means humility. Sometimes we have to remember because a lot of times when we're fleeing a, a bad situation, we tend to forget what God has told us we are. We, can't, we tend to forget what was promised for our lives what was declared upon our lives, that, oh, you're gonna be for signs and for wonders, that you're gonna do this and do that. You tend to forget because you're you're in panic mode, so you're just doing what you just think is right. But we have to realize that we have to submit because in the submission is where the humility comes. And so, that's the first thing that you have to realize you're doing the now. You see, the second thing And this is the part I really want to hamper on. You see, your now is going to be decided in God's presence. Your now is going to be decided in God's presence. So, after he prays, Jacob prays, he sends his family forth and he says, okay, go ahead. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I got some work to do. I got some business to do. And... This infamous story we all know of Jacob wrestling with an angelic uh, angelic figure, God, happens. Jacob wrestles with God. And, you know, when I was reading this, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that a lot of us are in his presence. A lot of us are in the place of submission. A lot of us are in our secret place praying, but we keep asking God why. We keep wrestling with God in in, in, in that place, asking God, why didn't you come for me? God, why didn't you bless the situation? God, why didn't you pay off my student loans? God, God, why did you make, let me waste all this time? God, what about me? We're wasting all of our time doing that. We're wrestling with why and not asking God how. We're not asking God, what's next? I know I made that mistake, so God, what's next? We keep wrestling with, with God, how could you give me these parents? How could you let me go into this relationship with that guy? Why would you let me go through that, God? We keep wrestling with God in the place of prayer when we're supposed to be actually asking God, what is next? How can I do better? Where do you want me to go now? And what we have to realize is that we can't win against God. So if you want to wrestle all night, keep wrestling. Waste your time. (laughs) Waste your time in the place of prayer. Waste your time in the place of prayer. But The next thing that Jacob does, and this is what I want us to realize shifting the now is about. You see, the angelic angelic figure realizes and says, bro, the sun's coming out. Let me go. Let me go. I got to go. And Jacob clocks it. He realizes that. Why am I wrestling with this dude? This is God. I'm literally in the presence of God. What am I doing? And he says a very bold thing. I won't go unless you bless me. I won't go unless you bless me. See, that's not the crazy part. The crazy part is now God asking, the angelic figure asking, what's your name? He says, my name is Jacob. Well, I'm changing your name to Israel. You see, a lot of us are in the presence of God right now in our secret places and we're asking God for a blessing for the next stage. We're asking God for a blessing financially. We're asking God for this or that. But sometimes, and what we need to realize is that a lot of us, for where we're going, we need an identity change. You see, what we do not realize is that we don't even know what's inside of us. We don't even know the nations attached to us. We don't know the future ahead of us. So when Jacob says to the angelic figure, bless me, I won't won't let you go unless you bless me. He's expecting some, maybe maybe an army, maybe a win, maybe a victory, maybe a realignment, maybe a new job, maybe a new relationship or something to, 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 to at least compensate for all the hell he had to go through in his past. He's expecting something tangible. But what God tells him is that I need you to change your name. Because here's the thing. A lot of us don't realize is that we're carrying labels you see in Jacob's name all the labels the toxicity the deceiver that was attached to his name <laughs> so much was attached to his name the person he wastes his time he's a time waster can you believe he wasted all that t- 14 years working for, for these girls what all these stupid labels attached to him there had to be an exchange you see Jacob did not realize who Joseph could even be, because that's, that's, the, that's the father of Joseph. It's Jacob. You see, God knew that. See, here's the thing. God knows that there's some rooms that you're going to have to go back into that are going to contain the people that saw you at your worst. So here's the thing. He needs to change your identity a bit, because there has to be a difference when you walk back into those rooms. God knows that you're going to have to walk back into another job. And here's the thing. A lot of us are scared to walk back into that workplace because we think we're going to look da- get looked down on. But God wants to do an identity change because he wants the next time you walk into that job to be the CEO. You see, a lot of us need an identity change, we're asking for the wrong thing in the place of prayer. Because here's the thing. In the place of prayer is what shifts the future. So our now, in our now, we need to be asking for the right things. In our now, we need an exchange. In our now, we need an identity shift. Because our now, if we mess up our now, the future is going to be bad. And scripture proves this. The last scripture of this, of, of, of the last verse of this chapter, verse, verse 32. It says, even today the descendants of Israel do not eat the muscle which is on the hip joint because it was on the muscle that Jacob was hit. I'll break this down for you. You see, when the angel, when the angel realized that Jacob was not, going, was not going to let go, he hit Jacob and dislocated his hip. Because some of us, when we keep wrestling with God in the spirit realm and wrestling with God in our place of prayer, we need another hit to realize, like, bro, you're, I'm here. You can ask anything else. Don't be asking me why. And so to this day, what the scripture lets us know is that the same place where he got a dislocated hip They don't eat the muscle of it what does that let you know even the negative things that you do in the now if you're not careful will be an impact in the future we know this right but even as small as the muscle next to a dislocated hip so what that tells you is that your futures what you want what you expect what you don't even know about is decided when you go into your place of prayer today tomorrow and put go to your knees and say God I need you to do something new in my life. Because a lot of us, we cannot go back to the situations. We cannot go back into new things without a change from God. And that's the thing about it. You see, a lot of us need to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves in the place of prayer. Humble ourselves and and, and understand that God has the best interest for us, right? There. he has the best interest for us don't cave in don't cave into what you think is the best ask him god what do you want me to do but with asking him realize that something has to be different within you that's what shifting the now is something has to be different for you to be able to shift the now it's you realizing that god yesterday wasn't good i don't know what tomorrow holds but i know what now is And I'm going to make sure I pray my way through the now because I know the prayers I'm going to pray today, they're flying ahead of me. They're flying ahead of me. They're doing some wonders ahead of me. There's so many prayers that you pray today that are blocking some type of spiritual warfare in the future for you. But here's the thing. If you're worrying about where you came from, if you're worrying about what's next, you'll miss it. You'll be walking around when you're supposed to be on your knees praying. So even as we're in a season of prayer and fasting, we have to realize we're not just praying these prayers to be cute. We're praying these prayers because we're shifting the now. We're shifting the now. Our now has to be changed. I'm sorry, it may not look, I'm not, I'm not saying that something's going to change today, but deposit it. It's seeds. It's seeds, deposit it deposit those seeds into the ground seeds for a new job seeds for a new relationship seeds for a new doctor report it may not happen now but shift when you pray you're shifting it 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 and i want us to stand up real quick see There's two things I want us to pray about. The first thing is that because there's, there's people who are in very different seasons. There's people who are currently leaving a situation and you're, being, you're a little bit antsy. You don't know what to do. Nothing's working. Nothing's working. And there's another group of people who you've entered into a wrong situation already. The red flags have already shown up, but you don't know what to do. And we're going to pray. For the first group, we're going to pray. Heavenly Father God, I don't want to go into a situation that you haven't affirmed. I don't want to move forward unless you tell me to move. I don't want to, don't want to accept this job unless you're there. I don't want to make a choice unless you're in it. And for those that are in the situation, God, give me the boldness to leave. Give me the boldness to get out of it. God, give me a word. Expose it to me. Expose it, expose, expose it. God, I wanna see, give me the reason why I need to leave. Things aren't working right in this place, God, but I need a reason. I need a reason why I can't be here anymore. And the last prayer that I want all of us to pray is God, I need an exchange. God, I need an exchange. I need an identity exchange. God, I need an identity exchange. I cannot go back the same. God, with the future I have planned ahead, I cannot be the same person I am today, God. With the rooms I have to go into, God, I cannot be the same. With the decisions I have to make, I can't be the same. With, the, with what you've told me, God, I cannot be the same. I need an exchange, God. The labels that have been placed upon me, God, I need them ripped off. The stereotypes, all these things that they put on my name, God, I need an exchange, Lord. I need a better name, God. I need a name that you've given me. I need a name that you've given me, Heavenly Father. Amen. And I want everybody to bow their heads. At this time, for some of us in this room, and for some people watching online, your shifting in the now starts with a rededication and you getting into relationship with Christ. That's what shifts your now. It's not not about some of the stuff I talked about. It just starts with a rededication. You need a fresh start with God. You need a fresh start. You've been far away. You may not have put your best forward before, but you need a restart. And for others, you need a fresh relationship, something new, something better, because you don't know where to go right now. You're stuck. That's what your shifting the now starts with, is a newness, a new relationship, a rededication. So at this moment, I want us to all bow our heads, close our eyes. And for anyone that knows that they're, they're shifting the now is a rededication of their life or even giving their life to Christ, a new relationship, having a new relationship with God. I'm gonna to count to three and I want you guys to signify real quick, whether online you can signify. But before I count, I want you guys to realize it's important that you make this decision because Who knows what this decision can breed? Who knows what your future looks like now that you're in community with God? Who knows what your future looks like now that you're rededicating your your life to Christ? That's why shifting the now is important because if that's your shift, make it today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for next week. We don't know what's going to happen. Today, the now is determined. You can shift right now. So if that's you, one, two, three if that's you just raise up your hand real quick yeah right there if that's you yeah there you go and if that's you I want you to say this prayer Lord Jesus come into my heart help me to know you better as I accept you today take over my heart and dwell in me forgive me of my old ways And help me to change this to the person you want me to be. Heavenly Father, I love you, Lord. And I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Let's just give a clap offering to God right now. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.